The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, the Word of God tells the church to pray for kings and for all those in authority that we may live a peaceable and quiet life in all godliness and holiness. The admonition to pray for leaders and to pray for a nation, that's what we're talking about here in the first few moments of today's edition of Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland here along with Bert Harper and friend, you are listening to the American Family Radio Network. Well, Jim, I'm excited. Uh, also, Jim Bolthouse of the Presidential Prayer Team, that we have got you with us because we appreciate your ministry. And uh, Bert and I welcome you to Exploring the Word. And we want to just encourage people everywhere to pray for America and to know about the ministry of the Presidential Prayer Team. Well, thank you, Alex. Appreciate so much the opportunity of sharing uh, what is happening um, all over the country with the National Day of Prayer coming up here on Thursday, which is always sure. the first Thursday of May every year, and has been doing that now for nearly 70 years. Um, and this year is uh, probably the biggest yet event that we've had. Uh, we're expecting nearly double the amount that we did last year with the online emphasis and last year, we broke all, all all kind of records as far as how many people attended uh, through online services. So we're excited about it. Well, well, Jim, this is Bert. It's good to have you. And again, uh, it's, I appreciate what you do. Matter of fact, we have you praying some ministry uh, every day on our program. Someone is praying for someone in the presidential prayer uh, group and asking God to help them. And so we appreciate that. But the day of prayer has been around for quite a while. And last year was different. Uh, a lot of people, uh, the, they didn't meet at the courthouses. They didn't meet at different places and it was online. So what, you know, looked bad turned out to be good to see all those on the online praying, uh, Jim, you know, that's what God does. He turned things around for good. Doesn't he? Oh, he certainly, certainly does. It was um, it was a little nerve-wracking last year because we didn't have much notice since most of this virus news came out in March and April, and uh, we only had a, about a month to prepare for what we uh, anticipated as being one of a one great big event. But it was far, far, far more than we thought. I mean, we were stretching every resource to the extreme, and um, yet we were able to pull it through and and. Uh, just hundreds of thousands of people participated in praying together. And what Amen. we've tried to do is to put together a, an online event where people can participate. They can listen to other people praying around the country through our iPrayer radio. They can uh, be a part of a prayer, 10-minute prayer um, uh, instructional video that will walk you from the president on down to the uh, different uh, offices within the White House and in administration and then even into Congress and, and the Senate. And the idea behind it is just to be putting out there the people that we need to be putting up in prayer um, for our nation. Uh, Jim, hi, Alex here. Um, you know, I know the presidential prayer team has always been nonpartisan, and um, 
you know, I've, I've met with you at NRB and different conferences, and I certainly know of your ministry, and I know that you encourage people to pray for everybody in leadership, as do we. But um, let me ask, in what ways, if any, has it been different um, transitioning from the previous administration to the current White House? Has it changed the, the thrust of your ministry and, and the presidential prayer team um, focus at all? Well, it has, uh, and we've seen this uh, as different presidents come and go. They bring with them in their administration either a focus on prayer or not a focus on prayer, as we've seen. But what we've been trying to do with our membership is to educate them over the importance of praying for our leaders. As you know, uh, Alex, when, when, when Paul was talking to Timothy in the, in, in First Timothy, uh, he was a new young pastor, and Paul was instructing him the, to put first prayer for each other and then pray for those in leadership. And Nero was the king at the time, and he was actively chasing after Christians and killing them. I mean, we're talking about having an oppressed leadership in government. Um, they certainly did oh, at that boy. time. But yes. Paul says, no, if we want to have peace in your land, you start with prayer first. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That does not mean just concerning church, family. But, Jim, I would declare the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much concerning government. And Amen. so we come together. We group together. Uh, can two walk together unless they be agreed? And we want to agree with God that we pray for our leadership and so it's an exciting time to do that. And how can people join this nationwide movement? A website? What? How do we do it? Well, we've made it quite easy. Um, you just need to go to pray.team, pray.team, and that takes you to a portal that takes us into our website and into the um, events happening with the National Day of Prayer. Um, there's, there's so much there. You could spend probably hours looking at things, but we try to prioritize what we feel is important for you to know about today and coming up for Thursday so that you can be ready uh, to go. But what we're asking people to do is we, we, we're, have, we're setting, setting up these online prayer rooms where people can pray together on topics that they have similar interests. So when you go to the prayer room on Thursday, there will be a list of different topics, like if you're a a church leader, or if you're um, a part of the military, or if you're part of um, um, uh, first first responders, there's there's places for you to go. And if you have interest in praying for those groups, that you can come together and pray together electronically right online. So Amen. what we're asking is for people to be able to um, reserve time to be a part of this. They just need to go to our website and say, "Yeah, I'm planning on praying between." Six and seven o'clock on the National Day of Prayer. Put my name in there for, for so we know we have a good coverage throughout the the total of about thirty hours that we'll be um, doing this uh, from East Coast to West Coast. Wow, that, that's phenomenal! That's phenomenal. And um, the, the, this National Day of Prayer, it, it's always been kind of the first Thursday in every May. Uh, am I right, Jim? Yes, yes. Actually, when it first started out, it was. Um, closer to Thanksgiving, but they ended up moving it because obviously there was already a Thanksgiving on that side of the calendar. 
So they did sure. move it um, over to May to give us a, a better coverage. And you we, know, want, we want all of you to be a part of this, uh, to the day of prayer uh, in, in our town here in Tupelo, headquarters for AFR. Uh, in the past, we'd always meet at, at City Hall, and I've been the speaker at courthouses, at different places and churches. Yes. And so now then with what we're doing, we're providing this online prayer team. You can still join together. Now, Jim, I, I just want to say that is uh, I, I, that impresses me and blesses me that I can be a part of a group praying uh, and not just feel like, well, it's just me. But no, they can go to that now and sign up for a time during that period of time, and they can join with others and be a part of a team uh, praying. Uh, that is great and unique. Was that true last year, or is this because you've had time, you've been able to develop that for this year? We had a couple of prayer rooms last year, and it was so well received that this year we kind of blew out the, the plan and uh, expanded it further. We've got uh, ideas of doing further stuff as we want to go down and uh, accomplish more during this day. But we found out that it was really important because there's so much that is focused on this day that people want to be involved with and, and um, are in many ways uh, uh, unable to go to their county seat or to their uh, place of government uh, to meet and greet as they've had in the past. So we bring that information to you. Uh, we have um, just a, several hundred, um, maybe even thousands of churches that are involved already with uh, this thing. And we have, um, since since we started uh, involving, getting ourselves involved with the National Day of Prayer back in 2001, we started producing and have every year a prayer guide, which is a way for a person to have something in their hands when they're working on the National Day of Prayer and, and, and pray through uh from the president on down, using a printed document. And this year, uh, again, the numbers have just gone through the roof as to how many people have requested it and and have kept our printing presses, uh, which we operate out of our offices, uh, just going constantly to, to keep up with the demand of the uh, of the, uh, the prayer journals around the country. Amen. Well, I was going to say that, Jim, you know, as great as the online component is, I know there's a dynamic when people gather and we want to encourage people to, you know, go online and find out where the local gathering is in your community or in your region and uh, be a part of that. I've It's been my joy over the last 20 plus years to speak at many of the, the gatherings and that's that's very special too. And no doubt, uh, COVID notwithstanding, no doubt there will be a lot of gatherings around the country too, I'm sure. Yeah. Here and to is. come back to your original question um, of uh, changes that have occurred in our government when our government changes administration, I mean, we're all human, and we all have our opinions as to what politically uh, needs to happen in Washington and for our country. If not, I, I wouldn't be, I would not be bleeding red if I, uh, you know, it just mm-hmm. it's just the way people are. We try to keep the politics out of it because it, it's difficult to be able to many times understand how we can best reach people when there's politics that are clouding the way. But let me tell you this. Out of the members that have been contacting us, one gentleman called oh, a couple of weeks ago, and he said, I just want to let you know, I am being obedient to pray for our president, but right now I'm have, I think that's one of the hardest things that I, I can do is to mentally sit down and pray for somebody I don't necessarily agree with. 
And our point was to him was it's not an issue of whether you agree with him or not. It's whether you agree with what God has asked you to do on behalf of your country. Mm. Don't look at it from the individual standpoint. Think of it from the office position, the office position of president, whoever's going to be in that office. That office has so much power and so much potential for not only the United States but the entire world that we should be praying for it. Pray protection over it. Pray that that uh, man cannot try and undo what God has intended. Those are things that we can be praying for each day. Even though we may not agree with who's in the office, we still need to pray. Well, our guest today on Exploring the Word has been Jim Bolthouse. He's with the Presidential Prayer Team. And on the day of prayer that's coming up this Thursday, it's May the 6th, you can go to pray.team and you can sign up for a time frame for you to pray in a group and different things and different people will be praying with you during this period of time. We're so excited. We've got one minute left. Jim, would you utter a prayer for what God is doing? Would you do that for us? I'd love to. Heavenly Father, we come to before you as a privilege, knowing that you have paid the price for our entrance to your throne. Thank you for what you did at Calvary. And when you think of Calvary, when we think about those in our country that need to know you, need to understand who you are and reverence you as God Almighty. So, Father, I pray for this upcoming day on Thursday, that this will be a a window into an opportunity for our country, our leaders, to see who you really are, who you are in, in light of our country and the importance of your position that we want you to take in America. We thank you for this, and we thank you for the way you work in our lives, and we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Jim, thank you for being with us. Love you, brother. Thank you, brother. Really do. And thank you again. We'll be back with more of Exploring the Word in the Book of Acts. Don't go away. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Craig Middlebrook, Deputy Administrator at the Department of Transportation. His office promotes international trade via the St. Lawrence Seaway. Leviticus 25.14 reminds us of the importance of fair trade. And if you make a sale to your neighbor or buy from your neighbor, you shall not wrong one another. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, We ask you to guide Craig Middlebrook as he promotes trade through international waterways. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. This Thursday is the National Day of Prayer. Join the largest online prayer gathering in history. Details at pausetopray.org. Men need the church every bit as much as the church needs men. So why do relatively few show up there? Dr. Tony Evans offers this insight as we spend two minutes with Tony. We are experiencing today a cultural tsunami that is sweeping away a generation of men and boys from becoming the kind of men that God intended for us to be. For many men, church just doesn't feel right. It's like when Sister Evans asked me to hold her purse. It just doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel natural. And so many men come because they're pushed to or forced to or made to feel guilty. 
But for many men, church is soft. It's not for real men. When Jesus was preparing his leaders to set up the church, his disciples who would become the apostles, he spent virtually all of his time with men. They were with him in order to be like him and pattern themselves after him. When God wanted to establish the order of the church, he said, I want the men to lead in every place. I want the men to pray. He wanted to establish his pattern of male leadership, not to the exclusion of women and never to the denunciation of women, but also not to the weakening of the man. Learn more about what it takes to man up in your marriage, your career, your relationship with your kids, and at church. Request a copy of Dr. Evans' best-selling book, Kingdom Man, for yourself, your brother, uncle, husband, father, teenage son, or your church study group. Visit us at TonyEvans.org and click on the link that says Making Kingdom Men. That's TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time as we spend two minutes with Tony. This is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. We're in the book of Acts, chapter 5, but we got a little bit of stuff we need to cover in chapter 4. Uh, we finished it real quickly yesterday, and I brought up a man's name that's very familiar. His name is Barnabas, and we'll mm. find him making his, his presence known elsewhere, but this is the first time he was one of those that were giving money, selling property, bringing the money and giving it at the feet of the apostles for them to distribute as needed. And and they take, there were several, a lot of people doing that, but they take time to tell us about Barnabas. And they gave him a new name. Uh, Barnabas means son of encouragement, Alex. Yeah. Uh, so really, Barnabas introduces us to the two people in chapter 5 that uh well, they were well, not not good names. <laughs> not good names. Kind of hypocritical. You go from the genuine to the fake. Is that is that well, would that be a that, great that's Barnabas true. the real to Ananias and Sapphira? Fake. A- absolutely. You know, yesterday we pointed out that the New Testament does not teach communism or socialism. It was voluntary and Barnabas with an overwhelmingly positive association attached to his name, son of encouragement. He sold a field he owned and uh, brought the money and laid it before the apostles' feet. In other words, he had this piece of land, and he just felt led to give the money to the church. Verse 1 of Acts chapter 5, Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. Bert, the, the first verse of Acts 5 just sort of, clues the reader into the fact there's going to be a little twist to this yeah. story. Yeah, you, you with, have contrast here, and this yes. is a picture of contrast of, of Barnabas and then Ananias and Sapphira, and it does, and they did sell the land. That was true, but uh, they, they did a little know, trickery after that. Well, you know what? Um, there's um, this very same kind of wording is in Luke sixteen twenty two, okay? Um, the beggar died, 
and it says, you know, he was in Abraham's bosom, uh, Lazarus the beggar. It says, the rich man also died and was buried, you know? And so Acts 5.1 is this same kind of transition. Ananias and Sapphira also sold a piece of property. And with his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself. They were in this together. Um, seems like in the Bible, there's another married couple who committed a <laughs> sin against God. Back in Genesis 3, well, Acts 5-2, they bring this money, and uh, only part of it, though, and they put it at the apostles' feet. Now, the, the sin was not that they sold a piece of land and made a profit. The sin was not that they didn't give it all to the church or any to the church bird. I, I read Acts 5 back and forth. Um, God didn't say, look, if you sell property, you have to give it to the church. It was completely voluntary. Um, we're going to see the, the, the guilt and the judgment that's really due to pride and making a show. And uh, the Holy Spirit is really speaking to Peter. Peter says, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? And have kept for yourself some of the money you received from the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't that money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. And Bert, what happens in verse 5? Well, let me say one word before we get to that. Go back to verse 2, the word kept back. And then in in verse 3, and keep back part of the price. That word kept back, it's a word that's talked about embezzlement, uh, pilfer, to steal. It wasn't Mm -hmm. just keeping it back. Okay, I'm going to save it. It was intent. So the intent here. And so that brings us to chapter 5. And just let's hear it. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. Now, this fear is the trembling kind of fear. Uh, I mean, they were, there was some scaring going on. Hey, this really is going on. And the young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Now, that was the response. Ananias hearing this. And then something similar is going to happen to uh, Sapphira. Now, Alex uh, is, is lying to the Holy Spirit, always going to end in death. I, that's not the principle here. How, yeah. how old is, let me see, this is probably within the first year or second year of the, of the church being birthed at Pentecost, probably Pentecost. within this, yeah, first year. Yeah. And so this is the early beginning. There's a, there's a principle all through the scriptures of things that are beginning anew, new beginnings, and at new beginnings, the importance of keeping it on track is so vital. If you don't keep it on track in the beginning, it's sure going to be off track later on. And and the Bible's filled with that. You remember Nadab and Abihu? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that was yes. in the beginning. Donald Gray Barnhouse. Do you have any of? Do you have his books on the Book oh, of Romans? Man. They are so good. I, you know, I've got several of the Donald Gray Barnhouse commentaries, and uh, oh man, folks. Those are books we love to recommend. You bet. They are the best. I think it's the best on Romans of anyone. That's my personal opinion. But Donald Gray Barnhouse made this observation. 
that these deaths occurred at a time of new beginnings for God's people when it was so important to establish a standard of holiness and purity. So God wanted this. Notice what had happened all before these, in these four chapters. In one accord, obedience, serving God, uh, counted a pleasure that they would be suffering. But now in chapter 5, Satan enters in. He tried to kill it to begin with, but now he's trying to invade it and get it off track. Yeah, and that's the way Satan operates, isn't it? Pervert it, make it make it ineffective. Yes, that's right. You know, uh, it's it's interesting how um, religion and the, the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ are two different things. And so, folks, um, you're right. The devil, if he can't kill it, he'll try to invade it and corrupt it. And let's make sure that the church, we as an individual, we as a local church, and the church everywhere is according to the Word of God and pure. You know, I've just got to say what's interesting, you know, it says great fear fell upon everybody like knees knocking because in Acts 5.5, you know, where it says Ananias fell down and breathed his last, the, the word that's translated in the English breathed his last is really a form of asphyxiation, um, which is not a... <laughs> Not a, a a painless way to die at all, but here's the thing. Could you imagine, Bert, if before we took the collection every Sunday, you know, imagine if God was going to deal with us uh, according to how honest and how obedient we are in our handling of his money. I mean, could you imagine if uh, this sort of uh, purging took place every every Sunday morning when we pass a collection plate. <laughs> wow. But the thing is, God deals with us according to grace, not according to law. But, Bert, I honestly believe... Now, now fear is a motivation. People will do right sometimes out of fear of the repercussions if they do wrong. And while, you know, that's actually to do stuff out of fear... Is, is not a bad thing necessarily. In fact, it's wise. I mean, you know, I handle firearms very, very carefully because I fear what would happen if a firearm were handled incorrectly. You know, I if I ever have to take a prescription, I follow the instructions on that prescription rigidly because I fear what would happen if I took prescriptions incorrectly. Okay, so fear is a, a good enough motivator but you know what is an even better motivator than that is love. Yeah. See, here's the thing, folks. We want to live for the Lord out of gratitude, out of love. We want to give to God, first of all, because we know it, it all belongs to Him anyway. Bert, you know, we don't own anything. I mean, there is not one thing that really belongs to us. We're, we're merely stewards, aren't we? We are. And this shows you the importance of, of, of money and what God looks at. You remember Jesus noticed the widow's mite, and he noticed how much people gave there as they would pass by the box. You remember Jesus saying, keep first things first. If you come to the altar to offer a offering, and you remember you have ought against your brother, leave the offering there, the money there, and go get yeah. right with your brother, and then come make the offering. God places a priority on it. Alex was talking about 
every Sunday, if we did this before we were to give the money or however it's given, uh, very few are passing the plate now. Most of the time are receiving it at the door in a plate or a box. But it is a time, it is a time when you're making your offering, uh, making the tithe out, making that check out, putting that money uh, in an envelope, if that's how you do it. If you go online and you transfer that money from that account to a ministry, it is time for you to evaluate how much am I giving? What's my attitude? Do I have something against my brother or the brother has something against me? What a time. Offering is a time to get right with God. And here Ananias and Sapphira, as you already said, they didn't have to give any of it. They were given a small portion and keeping the biggest portion for themselves and lying about it to make themselves feel like they, to make them think that people would feel about them the way they felt about Barnabas. Uh, they gave Barnabas a whole new name. You know, they liked him so well. They thought, man, we might get a good position. So, yeah. a, you know, offering is a time to examine yourself, just like when you partake of the Lord's Supper. It is an examination time, the amount, the attitude, and the action, all of it going together, Alex. Wow, well said, well said. You know, maybe that title that Barnabas got, Son of Encouragement, maybe they thought, well, listen, we'll, we'll give more than that. They'll call us, you know, the husband and wife of encouragement or something. I, I Only the Lord knows what's in their heart, but think about it. God does know what's in each one of our hearts. But so uh, Sapphira comes back, and um, they've already hauled Ananias out for the burial. And uh, Peter asked her and said, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, verse 10, she fell down and died at Peter's feet. The young man came in, found her dead, carried her out, and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. I, I guess so. <laughs> Acts 5.10, wow. they get back and um, huh, they said, Hello, men, as soon as you, uh, uh, you know, get a drink of water, head on back. You've got a second funeral to do today. But listen, this is not because God is, is a bad guy. God is merciful. People ask the question, we've had this question were Ananias and Sapphira saved I don't know yeah. um, at the very least let, let me say this um, maybe they were religious but lost going through the motions maybe they were baby 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 Christians and there still was pride and carnality at how they were going to interact in the church Bert maybe this is the first ever example in church of something scholars often call the sin unto death. You, you, you read right. me? Yes. That they were saved, but uh, at any rate, you know, God is so gracious, and I believe there's probably more, more carnality that goes on in church that the good Lord in his mercy um, doesn't mm. judge us on just yet. We only don't know, but... Let me say, the fear, the reverence to God that characterized the first church at this time, that really ought to characterize and shape the church of 2021. 
Amen. Good, well spoken. Notice what happens, verse 12. We're going to try to get through verse 16 today. We won't get much further. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. The signs and wonders continue, and they were all with one accord. There's that word again, or those words again, in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. They knew God's hand was on these men, Alex, and believers were increasingly added to the church multitudes. Now listen to this of both men and women. This Amen. first time the women have ever been included in such matters, Alex. Being added to the number. That's exactly right. So these women, they did count. We just want to make this declaration to you in a day when everybody talks about equality and everything. The Bible has done more for that than anyone Jesus Christ brought. And here is Luke writing this. And he said it wasn't just men. It was these men and women serving the Lord. And so they brought the sick into the streets and laid them on the beds and, and, and couches. And it, it, that at least, now this is interesting, the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. And also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. These signs and wonders, let me make one statement, and I'll throw it back to you. You all carry us out. Keeping the church pure and these signs and wonders at the beginning of the church, it was getting the church started off in the continuing right way, wasn't it? It really was. Uh, Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. The way the wording is, it's the word envelop. Hey, do you know what? If the presence, the power, the hand of the Lord is operative in your life, it can touch, even envelop those around you like it did through Peter. Hey, we're going to continue with your questions on today's edition of Exploring the Word. Stay tuned. The number, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Call us now. American Family Radio newscasts are now available as a podcast. I'm Rusty Pugh. I'm Steve Jordahl. Didn't catch the full story? Listen to the podcast. I'm Chris Woodward. I'm Chad Groening. Didn't have the radio on at the top of the hour? Listen to the podcast. I'm Charlie Bunch. And I'm Fred Jackson. Get accurate news from a Christian perspective whenever you want it with the American Family News podcast. You can also sign up for our daily news brief. Visit onenewsnow.com. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. And although they know the ordinance of God, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken has authorized U.S. embassies and consulates around the world to fly the rainbow flag in celebration of the LGBTQIAP political agenda on the same pole as the U.S. flag through the end of June. Diplomatic outposts are not required to fly the flag, but Secretary Blinken has given the green light for U.S. embassies and consulates to do so. They want to represent to the world that rebellion against God's word 
is officially an intrinsic American value. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, Public Policy Analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. In Luke chapter 6, verse 43, Jesus said, For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. Several years ago, Michelle and I were in Athens, Greece. As we toured the city, we saw these beautiful orange trees that were lining the streets. Someone asked our guide, why don't people pick those oranges? He said, those oranges on the tree are so bitter, you can't eat them at all. The trees did bear fruit, but the fruit was bad. Good fruit is the result of true repentance. Fruit like faithfulness, purity, holiness, honesty, generosity, These are things that Jesus produces in a transformed life. A fruitful life is one that Jesus can use. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.8 American Family Radio You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. You know, when I read Acts chapter 5, I look at verse 16, and it says that the crowds were gathering and multitudes were healed. And Bert, isn't it good, even though it starts out with something bad, God always brings something good out of something bad. And the good thing is, it says multitudes, and the word is plethora, you know, just an uncountable multitude, a plethora of people, men and women, were saved, were healed, were brought to Jesus. Well, that's good news And we're praying for God to bring people to a relationship with Christ even this day. Hey, the number is 888-589-8840. We would love for you to call in, and we'll do our best, Bert and I, to give you a good answer to your Bible question today. And uh, Bert, I do want to remind everybody that I'm in Silverton, Texas. I had the privilege of speaking at the courthouse today. Just outside the courthouse, we did an outdoor meeting today at uh, Briscoe County, Texas, and uh, tonight, 7 p.m. and tomorrow, I'll be at First Baptist, and so come on out, and we saw many Exploring the Word listeners last night. Hope to see some more tonight as well. Out there in West Texas, uh, hope you go and be with Alex. I know you would uh, enjoy, and God would bless. Well, let's go to the phone lines, and the first place is Alabama, and talk to Chuck. Chuck, welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, you're a blessing whenever I get a chance to listen to you. Uh, my question is, in you know, all Scripture is inspired by God, so, you know, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Uh, when Paul wrote that Scripture to Timothy, he was talking about the Scripture, and of course, we apply it nowadays, talking about most of, the, most of us apply it to the whole New Testament, but it wasn't written. 
So what scripture is Paul referring to there? Because earlier in the verses he talks about the writings and the teachings that Timothy learned as a youth. Uh, what did the early church actually preach as far as the scripture, and how did they use it? Okay, great. I think, Chuck, when you read, like we've been going through the book of Acts, and uh, you read these verses, look how many times they're referring back to the Old Testament. They're referring to Psalms, Isaiah. They're just referring to it. Even in the day when Peter was preaching, they were Mm -hmm. talking about the Old Testament. Now, I think in future, just like a lot of Scripture, it has immediate and it has prophetic. Uh, When you read Psalm 22 and it talks about, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The writer of that psalm, that was their heart. That was what they were saying. But it was also prophetic of what Jesus would say on the cross. I think that's what they're saying here in 2 Timothy 3.16. Alex, would you add to that, brother? Well, you know, what's what's really interesting, and this is a great question, it does appear that the early apostles there recognized that the Lord was giving a word that would be preserved, and and I'll tell you why. Uh, Because um, obviously Paul would have said, you know, that all Scripture is uh, given by inspiration of God, and that was... um, the Jewish scriptures, Genesis through Malachi. But you know, in 2 Peter 3.16, 2 Peter, um, he writes this, he says, um, in all, you know, Peter is referencing Paul in all his letters speaking in matters, some are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort. And so this is just amazing that Peter seems to acknowledge Scripture being written through Paul. Isn't that something? It is. And, um, and uh, he, he later writes, he says, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you. So it's apparent, and we've talked about this before um, on, on, other, uh, past, on other shows, how they seemed, as the New Testament writings were being collated, they seemed to understand that the Holy Spirit was working through the apostles to give Scripture. And even in the first part of Acts, where Luke says, you know, the former treatise I've written, but now I'm writing this, that um, there were Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these biographies of Jesus. But the book of Acts, while it was equal in its... uh, origin from the Holy Spirit, it was something different. You know, if the Gospel of Luke was one of the biographies of Jesus, the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, was one of the biographies of the early church. So we don't have a lot to go on other than some of these references, you know, like I I mentioned in 2 Peter 3, 15 and 16, but they seem to understand that the Spirit of the Lord was giving some additional and final scriptures to go with what for centuries had been known as, quote, the scriptures anyway. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, great question. Thank you for thinking of that. Hey, we're going to go to another caller, but we do have people online, uh, but we have space for them. And that number, if you would call, ask a question, is 888-589-8840. Let's go to Kentucky and talk to Jeff. Jeff, welcome. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, sir, brother. Hey, I was just going to tell you guys real quick. You know, when I was in jail, 
I had bought a little radio, and every chance I got, I'd listen to you guys because uh, many other shows as well on AFR that helped me so much to grow in my walk with Christ. But I wanted to make a comment about the National Day of Prayer. You know, I feel that uh, you have so many different groups that are out uh, militantly trying to make their way known through protests, through burning down businesses, through um, just creating havoc in the world because they have no one to speak to. We can go into our prayer closet and bow our head to our Heavenly Father, and even when we can't see tangibly what he's doing, we know because he revealed to us in his word, and that word's powerful because he created the heavens and the earth, that he is moving on our behalf. And I really feel sorry for these people. I wish they knew the Jesus that I knew, but if they keep listening to American Family Radio, they will get there. But guys, I just wanted to quickly say thank you so much for everything you do. God bless you, Alex. God God bless you, Bert. Wow. God bless you. Amen, Thank you, sir. Jeff. Thank what, you. what a moving call. Thank you. Yeah. And it is the National Day of Prayer. And what, go into your closet. Sometimes we do it together, but it is awesome to be able to go to the Lord and pray. Day of Prayer. That is Thursday. And go to pray.team and be a part of it. If you, if you don't have a church to go to or not a county seat or city hall, you can still be a part of a group praying like that. Alex, I agree with Jeff. That's what we're trying to do on Exploring the Word. We are part of our responsibility is carrying out the Great Commission. We want people to be saved. We want them to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the whole idea. The Great Commission says make disciples. It sure sounded like Jeff uh, was uh, being made into a disciple of Christ there, didn't it? Amen. We thank God for the radios and that the signal of the radio that goes many places we can't go. But you know, his point is right. Look, we've got prayer. We we know the Lord hears the prayers of his children. We've got the word of God. We've got our assurance in Jesus. You know, the secularists and even even the people that are religious but lost, birth they go through rituals and outward you know, motions, and they might protest and wave signs or even do some of the extreme, you know, acts of vandalism we've seen in the last year, year and a half. See, the Church of Jesus Christ, we don't have to do that because the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but spiritual. And you know what? Even when there are things in the world that we know are unjust, we can hand it over to a God who is sovereign and does all things well. Maybe there's somebody listening right now, and you've got a storm in your soul, and you don't have peace in your heart. Turn to Jesus. Amen. Jesus is in control. And you can go to Triple Eight. need him to talk with someone, and they'll lead you and help you and answer questions, Triple Eight need him. Give him a call. Alex, don't have any phone line, anybody on the phone lines. We've had a lot of rain here. feel like a lot of things are going on. But I want to go back to Ananias and Sapphira concerning their salvation. Uh, we had we had a, uh, someone to write in at word at AFR.net, and that's another way you can ask your questions, word at AFR.net. 
and many times Alex and I take those questions and we will do our best to answer them a lot of times on a pre-record. But looking at Ananias and Sapphira, only the Lord knows whether they were saved or not saved. We know they couldn't have been saved very long, you know. Right, that right. Is the whole, so they were probably novices, as the Bible talks about it. But it does demonstrate as a believer of Christ, we need to grow uh, you and, and a part of that growth is staying accountable and not letting pride enter in. I want to just say this, and you can take it away. We may get another caller, and if we do, we will interrupt and ask that uh, get their question. But Alex, pride, you look at Ananias and Sapphira, the bottom line of their sin was pride. Would you agree? I, I would agree. Bert, I'm so glad you brought that up. And, you know, maybe they had been in the temple, you know, at the time of Christ and shortly thereafter— the the temple worship and just the the money and the the sacrificing sacrificing of blemished animals it had become a a pretty carnal endeavor hadn't it and and if they were born again maybe they got into church and they they had put their faith in Jesus but they they came out of a culture so steeped in outward show rather than inward submission Maybe they just couldn't help themselves but do something prideful and, and outward and showy. And so, you know, I, I don't know. But you know what, Bert, it's just a pure, beautiful thing to really be a disciple of Jesus. Yes. And and not not in it for what you can get, not in it for a name you could make for yourself, but you're in it because you realize Christ loves you, he died for you, you want to be his follower. And you know what? The ways of the Lord are the right ways. So if you're a believer or you're thinking about putting your faith in Jesus, do this the Bible way, God's way, the way of the disciple, not not uh, any kind of a thing you're going to leverage for God's favor or man's approval. Do it because the right thing to do with your life is to be a follower of the Savior. Amen. Well said. Well, we've had D from Arkansas to call in. So, D, welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you, Bert. Um, I'm a first-time caller, and I just wanted to say I appreciate you and Alex. And I had a question about the Lord's Supper um, why some denominations are closed and some are open, and uh, scriptures, please, to, to back up um, which, which you feel is the right way. I'm going to hang up now and listen. Okay, Dee, thank you, thank you. We love all callers, but first-time callers kind of gets our attention uh, the first time. So, Dee, thank you. Alex, I uh, my dad was in a denomination that taught closed communion. Right. And so my wife and I were at a church and, uh, I wasn't a member. And, uh, so they was at the Lord's supper. I was saved. I was baptized. I'd examined myself and everything that you're supposed to. And when they offered the, the wafer and, and the juice, I passed on it, you know, cause I'd been taught closed communion. And after it was over, my wife said, you mean to tell me that if the Apostle Paul went to a church and he was still membership was in Antioch and he was in Ephesus, he wouldn't have partaken of the Lord's Supper. Kind of got my attention. Does that get, why does, how does that yeah. say, fit with you, brother? 
Well, you know, um, the, the core scriptures on this would be 1 Corinthians 11, uh, 5.11. Um, well, for one thing, Paul instructs the people there at Corinth not to even eat with somebody who's out of fellowship with the, the Lord. And then, you know, in Matthew 18, 17, Jesus was talking about, you know, if somebody who's, who's being disciplined, let him be like a Gentile or a tax collector— uh, it, it's really a matter of the heart, um, but it not only deals the open communion, close communion, or closed communion, not only deals with the state of obedience in the life of a fellow believer, but also kind of how you view the elements of communion, too. Because when Jesus said, you know, this do in remembrance of me, um, you know, as a Protestant, you know, we, we believe the wafer and the juice, it, it doesn't literally transubstantiate itself into the body and blood of Christ, but it it's in remembrance. It's very important, very meaningful, but we do it as a, as a representation or a symbol. And so some churches, you know, if you don't believe in their theology of what the elements do, you know, does it represent the body and the blood of Jesus, or does it literally become the body and blood of Jesus? Um, you know, there's open or closed, depending on that as well. But, Bert, I, you know, since the Reformation, I think it's been every church kind of decides for themselves. Do you, are, are there denominations that have a whole policy on it? Do you know, Bert? The one that, uh, and that they could have changed. That's one of those things that I, I've seen change with different groups. Um, I think there is, and uh, at least, but most of them are individual churches, but they recommend that. Hey, we appreciate all the calls. Kathy from Ohio, sorry we could not get to your call. I They give me a little preview of your call about Jeremiah, prose, and then in paragraph. Uh, be sure, if you can, tomorrow, Kathy, call back. I, I want to hear that question, and I want to see what we can do with it so kathy from ohio please call back alex hope it goes good tonight in silverton brother well thanks everybody and thanks for listening to the show and we always tell people if you can tell somebody about exploring the word but most of all Bert, what do we want them to do we want you to tell them about the lord jesus christ jesus saves jesus saves he really does the views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.